Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. in charge here what the rules are welcome to walkers and talkers episode 172 i'm david brody from elvis during the morning show and my co-host jamie from light fm in new york is not joining us today you may have noticed everyone is quarantined and working from home so i am broadcasting to you live from the basement studio i know not the car studio the dodge charger is uh, not being used today Jamie, hopefully we'll be back next episode, but we are all working from home, and Jamie is not quite up to speed yet on doing a podcast from her house. So, bear with me. I will try to give you as much snappy banter as possible. This was an unbelievable episode we'll be, I'll be talking about, um, but let's get to some Walking Dead news first. Uh, Talking Dead is back after a one-week hiatus. They shut down the studio, uh, and they're doing a show somehow uh, Sunday night. Scott M. Gimple. Uh, is going to be one of your hosts, as will superfan Yvette Nicole Brown. Now, Yvette Nicole Brown has been on Talking Dead a lot. In fact, she co-hosted, well, she hosted uh, the show when Chris Hardwick was out because of the uh, scandal he was dealing with. Um, and uh, she's a very friendly woman, but social media was not liking her very much. Uh, said they're tired of her, don't know why she's always on. A lot of people like The Walking Dead. Why do they keep going to her as an expert? Uh, me personally, uh, I would agree she's probably on too much. I get it. She takes notes. She's adorable. That's great. She's fun. Uh, at least she thinks she is. Uh, but I think it's too much. But if she's all that was available, that could be part of it. Um, cast members maybe didn't want to fly to California. I know last week Jesus was going to be on, and I guess... Uh, Samantha Morton and maybe um, uh, your Gamma uh, Birch was going to be on Thor Birch 
but um, we'll get to that later. Uh, so it's Scott M. Gimple, Yvette Nicole Brown. Uh, they released pictures for the new episode, which will be focused on Michonne and Virgil. In it, you'll see Michonne has new pets, uh, and she's clearly captured at some point because she is on the floor with a food tray, uh, a metal prison-like food tray. Uh, they released the first few few minutes of season uh, 10 of the latest episode, and if you watch it, it is, in essence, a clip from season 2, episode 13, which, uh, if you remember, was Michonne's first appearance. At that point, of course, was not being played by Denai Guerrero. Uh, it was just a woman in a hood. You couldn't see who it was. But that is when you saw Andrea running in the woods, fighting off walkers. She falls. One falls on her. And in season two, Michonne used her sword and cut the walker in half. And that's how they became friendly. In this clip, for some reason, Michonne stares at what's going on with her pets. You know, the uh, no-armed, no-jaws walkers on chains. Uh, and... She just watches Andrea get killed and walks away. So, what does this mean? Is this her thinking about what would happen in her life if she didn't always help people? What would her life be like? Because I'm assuming she's not thrilled that she helped Virgil. And now she's screwed on this island, uh, captured, and we don't know what's going to happen. So, I'll give you my predictions on the episode at the end of all of this. Um, but it is her last episode. People were on uh, AMC's Walking Dead Instagram page complaining that they advertised it as Michonne's last episode. Um, I'm of the thought that if you're a fan of the show, uh, you should know, because it was announced a year ago, that this is her last episode. And you can't blame AMC's social media for wanting to promote it. They need people to tune in. Speaking of tuning in, The Walking Dead's ratings uh, were up this past week. Uh, 3.5 million live viewers um, in the key 18 to 49 demo. The ep- the uh, episodes this season have been averaging around 2.9 to 3 million, so up a half a million. Uh, that's the highest it's been since episode two this season. So it's always good when the ratings are good. That means our show is going to stick around. Uh, in the trailer coming up for this episode, Michonne learns that the wife and children of Virgil Um, that he was so desperate to return to are dead. They died of the same sickness that's infecting everyone, uh, and now they're walkers. And Virgil apparently lied to Michonne just to get her to come with him to help him put down his own family, which he calls rippers. That's what uh, his term for the zombies is. He said, my family is still in there. I guess in some building. My wife, my babies, that's why I asked you to come. So he said, I needed you to come. I'm not good at this. And uh, you might have to go through some armed enemies um, if you want to get those weapons that you want. So Virgil's a snake. Um, He was selfish and lied for his own benefit, but then again, most people do in this world. uh, Michonne is lured into some room. The door is shut and locked behind her. Uh, So we know for a fact somebody captures her. Uh, I doubt it was Virgil, um, but somebody set the boat on fire. We saw that in one of the trailers. Thanks, trailer guy. Um, So there you go. Uh, If you watch on AMC Premiere, there's a still shot graphic from every episode that is sort of like the wallpaper for that episode. So uh, when you go to watch season 10, episode 12, Walk With Us, it's Alpha Kissing Negan. So every time I paused it, 
to watch on Friday night, uh, I had to watch, look at the picture of Alpha kissing Negan, which is just gross. So let's talk about the episode, and I have some more notes that I'll give you throughout um, as we go. So the episode starts off, Carol is shooting walkers with a bow and arrow, which to me seemed like a waste of time. She's up on the fence of Hilltop as the, the building is burning, and at best, she's picking off one or two walkers. Now, I guess that's better than none, but I feel like if she had a knife or a sword, uh, she could be doing more damage down on the ground. Uh, since the previous episode, they must have gotten inside the walls. Uh, the fire burned a hole in the main gate, so the horde has now entered the grounds of Hilltop, and the uh, survivors are doing their best to fight them off using their shields. Uh, Earl and Alden are flinging um, slingshot scoops of boulders or something onto the walkers. Um, some miscellaneous survivor gets taken down by a walker uh, and Kelly saves them before they get killed. Daryl kills a whisperer because that I guess that's to show that some of these walkers are actually whisperers who are in the front of the pack. King Ezekiel has all of the kids and he can't find Judith. She is uh, swinging her sword and killing walkers. Uh, she gets one of them in the gut uh, he falls to the ground, his mask falls off, and he's a whisperer. Uh, he says, please don't kill me. He begs for his life. She doesn't kill him, but eventually he dies, I guess, from the sword injury, and she's a bit traumatized by that. Uh, Earl grabs her, snaps her back into reality. Uh, the hilltop building is burning. Eugene looks up at his radio room. He realizes his radio, the source of his connection to the Commonwealth, is burning. He makes a run inside to save it. And we see Rosita going after him. That's the last we see of them for the time being. Uh, Yumiko sees Magna walking with the dead. Uh, I don't know about you, but for not even a second did I think she was dead. Um, she has dirt and blood on her face. And she was, I guess, walking with them. Uh, covered in blood. And of course, of all people, she sees Yumiko. I'm calling coincidence bullshit on that. Um, and that is all before the credits. So a very exciting first scene before the credits. Uh, cut to the next morning. I guess we're to assume that everybody ran out some back way, which we've seen before. And they all agree to meet up at a rendezvous point. So I guess they all didn't leave together. Um, Negan is walking through bodies and dead, uh, dead, dead walkers. And uh, he's dragging his bat. He comes up on what looks like a hilltop member because they're wearing armor. They're missing an arm and struggling. Uh, I guess it's a walker struggling for its last breath, or it's a human being. I guess it's a human being. And he hits it in the head with his bat and kills it. Alpha sees it and tells him, next time to go to the heart, not to miss. And don't do it again. In other words, she wants all of the dead to become walkers. So I guess this was a surviving member of Hilltop, but of course, not a main member, so nobody cares. There'll be no funeral. Uh, Negan acts like it was an honest mistake, but we know for a fact, and we've seen later in the, we see later in the episode, that he's not really a big fan of creating more walkers. Um, and it was certainly no accident. Negan tells Alpha she does not know how to enjoy her victory, and she says, it's not a victory until I have everything I want. And Negan says, Lydia? And Beta walks up and says, it's not really your concern. And he says to Alpha, I promise to bring, I bring her to you uh, if she's not among the dead already. Alpha walks away. Uh, Negan walks up to Beta and says, I am at your service, Frowny McTwo Knives. And that line, by the way, is right out of the comic books. So I'm glad they got to use that line. Beta tells him to herd the guardians and Negan starts bitching about, 
I'm on Walker Patrol or something. That's the first time I think we've heard Negan refer to them as walkers, which means he is um, maybe assimilating with the survivors and using their terminology. He calls Beta a dick and walks away. Gotta love Negan sometimes, even though, you know, he killed Glenn and Abraham. Spoiler. Negan goes into the woods, sees a walker, so he acts like a walker. Uh, The walker walks right by him uh, as if Negan was a walker, which frustrates Negan, who says, screw this, points the bat at the walker, gets his attention. The walker turns around, comes at him, and Negan smashes his head with the bat and starts laughing. Uh, Two more walkers approach. It looks like he's going to go beat them to death, too. And then he sees Lydia jumping, uh, limping off in the background. I'm calling coincidence bullshit on that as well. Uh, That is not the biggest coincidence bullshit in this episode, but certainly one of them. Uh, Cut to Aaron. Um, He's dragging uh, an injured Luke on a metal shingle of some kind. When he sees Negan, I guess who was walking after Lydia, wearing a whisperer mask and holding his bat, so he knows now that Negan, who escaped, uh, is working with uh, the whisperers. He takes off his strap uh, around his neck to pull the body, and he looks like he's going to get ready to fight Negan. Negan says, Aaron, don't do anything stupid, and Aaron says, the only thing stupid would be not killing you. Now, again, the way Gamma, a couple episodes ago, didn't do a good job of defending herself, Negan says... I can explain, uh, but Aaron doesn't want to hear it. Now, at that point, wouldn't you say, hey, man, I'm working covertly, ixnay. Uh, three walkers approach from uh, behind Negan, who, again, just the mask and no blood, and they don't bother him. I think this is a little too convenient, by the way. Anyway, they walk by Negan, who uh, walks off like, uh, gotta go, and he leaves Aaron to fight for himself. Um, Lydia's in the woods, limping badly. I guess she was wounded in the fight. She's got a walking stick when Negan finds her. Coincidence bullshit. Uh, she smiles when she sees him, but then she's she sees he's holding a whisperer mask, and now she's like, oh, what the hell did I get into? Uh, he grabs her and says, stop, this shit is done. At this point, we don't know if the whisperer thing is done, meaning, you know, I'm not a whisperer, or her running away is done. Cut to uh, Alden carrying little baby Adam, Kelly and Mary Gamma. Uh, I'm going to call her Mary Gamma until I pick a name. Uh, they're walking through the woods by themselves. Uh, they're looking to meet up at the rendezvous point. Um, we already know they're going to get trapped in a car. Thanks, trailer guy. Um, Mary offers to help because the baby's crying. Um, and Alden says, I thought I told you to stay back. So Alden's still not forgiving her. Thinks she's terrible. Wants nothing to do with her advice. She says, if you rub the back of his head... Um, and tickle him, and the baby keeps crying. It doesn't work, um, and he's fine. You try it. Of course, as soon as he gives the baby to Gamma, the baby stops crying immediately because she's family. Uh, Alden asks Mary what her sister's name was, and she says Francis, so maybe they're breaking down the wall just a little bit. Uh, They're sitting on some logs, just killing time. Mary hears birds starting to fly and make noise. She knows from being a whisperer that means the walkers are coming. Uh, she's like, we got to move. And all of a sudden, there's walkers in every direction. Uh, rather than try to outrun them, they find an old minivan to get into. Uh, and Mary locks them in and runs off screaming to get the walkers to follow her, which most of them do. Um, she kills about seven or eight of them. And she looks very proud of herself. And as she turns around, Beta steps up and stabs her in the abdomen. He says... You're going to walk with us. And she says, never. 
and she pulls off half of his mask, which pisses him off even more. He takes the knife and runs it up her chest and kills her. Oh, that's got to be a horrible way to die. Um, another whisperer comes walking up uh, to uh, Beta and says, It's you. I thought I recognized your voice. I thought it sounded familiar. Now, I don't know how he recognized him, his dirty, unshaven face, from a third of his mask being pulled away. Um, they really should have made it look more obvious, truthfully. Like, maybe she pulled his, the mask off his head for a second, but they don't want the audience to see what he looks like, meaning us. So the guy's like, hey, I know you kept your identity. He doesn't really say this, but he's, he's like, oh, I know you kept your identity a secret, um, but I, I know who you are. You're the famous guy trying to keep anyone from knowing who you are. So, of course, Beta kills him immediately. Like the walker, I'm sorry, like the whisperer that saw um, Alpha crying, you knew he was going to be dead in a second. Anyway, Beta puts Gamma up against the tree. She turns into a walker. Uh, and as she walks towards Beta, an arrow goes through her head, killing her instantly. Again, it's Alden. Um, I have to ask why he didn't kill Beta. I don't understand this. He had every opportunity, clearly, to kill him. And yet, he decides to put uh, Gamma out of her misery, which he could have done after he killed Beta. This is why sometimes the bad guys always live, because they poorly write away for them to stay alive. Cut to Carol in the woods with Eugene, who's crying over his melted radio. Uh, Yumiko is sitting with Magna, telling the story of what happened. She said they kept looking for a way out of the cave, she and Connie, and they ended up in the middle of the horde. She said the sickos, which is what they call them, got between her and Connie, her hand slipped out of hers, and she couldn't find her again. Now, the question is, is this the truth? Is she telling the truth that that's what happened in the cave? Now, we already know that Connie's going to be out for a while, maybe not until the final episode, maybe until Magna, um, sorry, Maggie comes back and saves her. But there was an interesting story written on uh, the website Fansided, and it talks about the two cave episodes that we saw earlier in the second half and how they're based on a movie called The Descent. Uh, we talked about this when it happened, and The Descent was about some cannibalistic, weird-looking, mutated creatures and a group of young women that were trapped in the cave, and they pick off the women one by one, and at some point, um, Juno, one of the women, left another friend to die after accidentally injuring her. So she's like, oh, you're injured, I'm leaving you here, gotta go. Um, later on, another woman, Sarah, finds out that she did this, and after the two of them fight off all the creatures, she shows Juno a feather of some kind, a metal feather, I guess a keychain or an earring that she took off of the third friend they left to die, and now she knows that Juno left her to die. I didn't see the movie. I'm assuming that the third friend told Sarah um, that uh, Juno left her to die. Anyway, she takes what looks to be like a, um, a pick and sticks it in Juno's leg as they hear more of these creatures coming so that the creatures will eat Juno and Sarah can make her escape. If this sounds familiar, we saw Shane shoot Otis in the leg in season two so that he could get away while all the walkers ate Otis. Spoiler, Otis is dead. Um, so uh, people are thinking now, it's a possibility, that maybe Magna, who we already know is out for herself when she was stealing supplies for herself, 
Maybe she abandoned Connie so she could make an escape. So I guess we're going to find that out. Um, but if you look what happened in the movie that the episodes were based on, uh, it doesn't look uh, very good for Magna. Now, uh, if you look at the scene with Magna and Connie, uh, which uh, let me talk about that scene, and then we'll go back to this movie comparison. Carol says they should move on before it gets dark, and Yumiko says, Magna's been through too much, she needs to rest. Carol says, rest all you want, I'm leaving. And Yumiko says, you're going to leave her again like you did the last time? Meaning in the cave when it was Carol's fault. So Yumiko says, how about you apologize to her and beg her for forgiveness? And Carol says, do you think that's what she wants? Would it do any good? We go through shit to go through shit. Like very cavalier, like that's just life. And Yumiko punches Carol right in the face and walks away and Carol does nothing. Then Magna tells Yumiko she didn't want her to do that. They start fighting and Magna says, I don't want to do this anymore. She said, excuse me. She says, <laughs> she says, I was mad the last time we talked when you kicked me out, but you were right. They break up, I guess, uh, and they hold hands as if they understood. Uh, Carol walks off and sits down on a log. So, so Carol walks off. So here's the rest of the Insider article. And they said, do you think Magna's story to Yumiko about saying you were right... I don't want to argue. I wish you didn't hit Carol. Remember, this is the same woman who blamed Carol for trapping them in the cave, was very angry at Carol, and now she doesn't want to be angry at Carol, doesn't want anybody else mad at Carol, um, and then tells Yumiko, I totally get why you were mad at me. Um, I'm thinking she feels guilty about Connie, and maybe she's just as bad as Carol, and now understands why Carol does what she does. Um... So, let's keep an eye on that uh, in episodes 14, 15, and 16. Anyway, uh, Carol's sitting on a log, and just where she sat down, a walker comes from under the leaves. Have you ever seen a walker just hiding out under leaves, not moving? She seems to not be taking the walker very seriously, and the walker is scratching at her leg, and she keeps letting it do that. Finally, she brushes it away. Now, people are saying this is a comparison to the comics, I think episode 40, issue 42, where Carol in the comics, who was uh, had mental problems and committed suicide by Walker, let a Walker eat her neck and die. So people were saying that maybe this was a, um, a tribute to that in the comics, because obviously Carol isn't dead in the, in the TV show. Eugene comes by uh, and watches her kill the Walker. He says, I want to make sure you're okay. He then goes on to tell, sort of tell the story about the person uh, he's supposed to meet up with, uh, Stephanie. He says, I have an important meeting coming up, and because Hilltop is gone, it wouldn't, I won't be able to attend that meeting. And uh, Carol says, it's not often you find someone you care for like that. And Carol says, tells him it's important you go to her. I guess she put two and two together. It was a woman. He says, I don't want to leave Hilltop. He says, I don't want to leave. He is, but... He tells Carol, I hope you get what you want, meaning revenge or whatever. I'm calling coincidence bullshit again. In the leaves where Carol is sitting, just happens to be lying in the grass or in the leaves, laying there is Lydia's walking stick. So at that point, Carol knows Lydia is around. Um, Daryl's uh, group uh, is walking down a, uh, down a hill with Rosita. Jerry, Jerry's wife is injured and a bunch of people we don't know. They're walking across the field. Um, now that remember the, the knife wound in Daryl's leg that was bleeding profusely 
that is now a cloth tied in a knot around his pants. So uh, I guess he's Wolverine recovering quickly. Um, Diane is there also, by the way. Um, Rosita says people are asking about the kids, and Daryl says, don't worry, Ezekiel has them. They should be at the rendezvous spot, which we already know they aren't, because we know from the trailer they are with Earl. Uh, thanks, trailer guy. Um, they arrive at the rendezvous point, which is a bunch of abandoned cabins. There's a walker there, but no people. Jerry's wife starts freaking out about her babies, her babies. Uh, he tells everyone to spread out and go looking for them, which doesn't seem like good advice. Um, but uh, we know Earl has the kids in a, in a little small concrete house. Judith says she doesn't know where Ezekiel is to, to Earl. There was so much smoke. Um, but thanks to the pictures from Picture Guy, uh, future episodes uh, coming up, we know that uh, Ezekiel, Yumiko, and Eugene go to Commonwealth, so we know Ezekiel is not dead at this point. Uh, there are about 10 kids in this little house. Fortunately for Earl, somebody hung up drapes to cordon off this little shack into two rooms. And by the way, Earl stepped up his game. We talked about that, that he was the voice of reason. He was the moral compass. Um, and of course, once you make a guy look good, you know, he's not long for this earth. Um, he goes behind the curtain to be by himself. He looks terrible. Clearly, he's been bitten. Uh, he bangs a spike from the underside of a table. So it sticks up through the table. His arm is badly bitten. I guess he didn't want to cut his own arm off and nobody could have done it for him. Although Judy has that sword. Judith, rather. Judith walks in and said, you lied to us. Um, and it looks like he's going to kill himself on the spike. She says, don't do it. She says, um, he has. He says he has no choice. And she said, well, then I'll stay with you so you don't have to be alone. This kid, man, she's 10 years old. And she's, she's more adult than a lot of the adults. And uh, Earl says, Alden will take care of Adam and tells her how strong and brave she is and she needs to go keep the kids safe from him. Go back in there and don't come near me again. She holds his hand and walks away. Very touching scene. Jerry and uh, Daryl return to Hilltop. They find King Ezekiel under some sheet metal. Um, was he hiding? Was the brave king hiding? It doesn't seem right. Anyway, as soon as they find him, he says, Earl's got the kids. So now they got to go find Earl. Um, back to the cabin with Earl. Um, he's staring at the spike and he shoves his head onto it. We don't see it, but he kills himself on the spike and he goes out like a hero. Good for you, Earl. Your wife's dead. Your son is dead. Um, you know, they would have been proud. Uh, Judith goes in to check on him and finds him dead. But if you notice, his head is not on the spike, um, which says to me it was not a direct hit or he's a walker uh, and he moved his head off the spike. Um, so he must have, I don't know, the spike must have gone into his eye but didn't, and he bled out, but it didn't go through his brain. So she, for some reason, she walks up to him. He grabs her arm. Um, Daryl wa- opens the door to the cabin. All of the kids run out except Judith. Daryl walks in the back room and sees Judith sitting on the floor because obviously she killed uh, Earl. And uh, he goes and sits down next to her and hugs her. Uh, definitely all the feels there. Uh, back to Negan. He walks up to Alpha. He said, that thing you've been looking for, I found it. Now we already know that's Lydia. And we see her tied to a chair in a cabin. Um, at this point, we still don't know which side Negan is on. By the way, this Lydia in a cabin thing which we'll get to, remind, I'll remind myself, there's nobody here to remind me. Um, that's a, a commonly used trick, which we'll talk about. 
Uh, and we'll get to uh, the big, big scene right after this. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay. So, uh, Alpha and Negan are walking through the woods and uh, and says... uh, she says to Negan, it's time for you to leave your pride behind and become, a, your, and become a lion, meaning your followers. He asks if that means she wants him to spread her gospel on his own to form another tribe. And he says, listen, I'm not hip to the whole Greek alphabet thing, but Beta is no alpha. And isn't it the young lioness who takes the lion's place? So at this point, what he's saying is, you know, uh, shouldn't Beta be a boss? Shouldn't he be promoted to uh, normally to uh, take your place or run his own pride. He says, but if you're asking me, he's no alpha, meaning I don't think he's the leader type. He's more of a follower. And then you see Negan is trying to uh, really stick up for Lydia saying, you know, shouldn't the the lioness take over the lion's place? Like, you know, you don't want to kill her. And Alpha says, just walk. And uh, they keep showing Lydia trying to escape as uh, as they're walking towards this cabin. We still don't know if he's taking her to the right cabin or not, which we will find out shortly. Negan starts telling uh, Alpha about his wife and how she had pancreatic cancer. Um, and she was still beautiful even when she was sick and lost all her hair, which, by the way, I guess is why he might find Alpha attractive being bald. Alpha says, be grateful that death set her free. He says, after she was gone, he was never really happy. I didn't feel scared. I didn't feel anything. Um, and that is my strength. In other words, just nothing meant, nothing was important in Negan. He says, but he says, this world is dead to me. I f- I'm dead to this world. I feel nothing. But Alpha, you claim you feel nothing and you're pretending. He said, people are animals and have no emotion, you say? That's bullshit. Explicit. He said, you claim you have to kill your daughter, your own flesh and blood. Uh, and Alpha says, that's her destiny. 
She says, that disease that took your wife, that was nature. She couldn't take you with her, but you live every day wishing she could. In other words, you wish that you died with your wife. She says, Lydia was made for this, to be free with me. Uh, as that's going on, Lydia breaks loose of her ropes. Negan says to Alpha that she still, um, you still love your daughter. Um, Alpha says, I will always love her. That's why I have to kill her. That's why I have to do it. Um, now, look, we know Lydia, I'm sorry, we know Negan loves kids. And we know he loves Lydia. So there is no way he's letting her kill Lydia at this point. Negan uh, and Alpha kiss passionately. Um, and I'm like, ugh. Ah. Um, and then I, I wrote, if this is anything like the comics, this is going to end poorly in a second. Um, if you haven't seen the comics, just Google um, what happens to Alpha in a second. Uh, and you'll see the picture of Negan doing the same thing. Uh, Alpha starts walking towards the cabin. Lydia is struggling to get out of her leg ties. Negan is right behind her. Lydia opens the door, and it's a field and nowhere near where Alpha and Negan are. Uh, this is a common uh, trope in movies and TV shows where you think uh, someone's about to walk in, and they open the door, and the place is empty, and you realize the person who was trapped or escaping or being held is not in the location you thought. So not the most original of, of ways to handle this. Um, Alpha walks into the cabin. There's nothing there. Um, this was also similar to a scene in Goodfellas where Joe Pesci walks into a room where he thinks he's about to be a made man, which is a mafia uh, ceremony, and he sees the room is empty. And this was the same reaction Alpha had. Uh, you can figure out what happened to Joe Pesci. Spoiler Goodfellas is 20 years old. You should have seen it by now. Anyway, um, you could see that uh, Negan had his hand on his knife when she opened the door. Um, and uh, she turns around and he slits her throat, just like in the comics. Uh, and he, by the way, he did it much better than Rick did when Rick slit Negan's throat because he survived. Um, he kisses her as he lowers her head down to the ground to die. And I, I wrote, Carol definitely sent him there to do that. So this is uh, exactly what happened in the comics, uh, except in the comics, he did it to prove to Rick he was a changed man, and he cuts off her head and gives the head, he cuts off her head, gives Alpha's head to Rick. Uh, but Rick is gone, and so uh, um, you see in the next scene, her head is in a bag bleeding. Um, it's her head as a walker. He rolls it to the ground, and oh, what talent. It beautifully lands facing Carol, um, perfectly facing her, and it's Alpha as a walker. And she looks at Negan and says, took you long enough. And I know everybody watching went, yes, like I did, even though I kind of figured it out. Uh, and Negan smiles at her like, yeah, you know I did. Um, not sure how he found where Carol was, um, you know, as far as how did they meet up? They didn't exactly talk to each other on a cell phone. So I'm calling uh, bullshit there. Um, there was no talking dead because the show was put on hiatus. Uh, however, I did want to talk about Samantha Morton um, before we get out of here. So uh, I'll do that right after this. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay. So, um, Samantha Morton was interviewed now that she is uh, deceased. Spoiler, Alpha's dead. They asked her if she knew her character's fate when she first joined the show or was uh, given the role. She said, I kind of always knew because when I was in discussions with Angela Kang in the early stages that I was potentially going to play Alpha, it was very clear this character would have her head chopped off. So I always knew. Yep, I just knew. Um, Kristen Acuna from The Insider, who did the interview, says, did you know Jeffrey Dean Morgan was going to wind up killing you? Uh, In other words, Negan. She says, yes, very clearly on. I knew my whole story arc. It wasn't really a surprise. It was all known. Um, so then she's asked, what do you think was going through Alpha's mind when she was killed by Negan? Because she wasn't expecting it. Um, so Morton says, I think it's very quick, so I don't think very much is going through her mind other than shock. It's instantaneous. I think when she's dying, when she's bleeding out, She's hoping that he will lead the whispers. That's what she's hoping for. And so that's not going to happen, obviously. Next question. Do you think Alpha regrets not having killed Negan in the woods when she had a chance? Um, And Samantha Morton says, in that moment when she's dying, no, not at all, no regrets. Um, And they asked her if she watches the show. What does she think of the show and her performance? She says, I don't watch anything I'm in. Um, I've never watched myself in anything until years later. For me personally, I don't watch myself each week. I just it just doesn't work for me. Um, if the director needed me to watch something to change my performance, I would. But no, I can't watch myself. It's like when you hear your voice on the answering machine message for the first time, you're like, oh, is that what I sound like? Uh, no, oh my gosh, I can't do that. Now, if you remember, Andrew Lincoln also said he doesn't watch himself. Um, I will be honest with you. I occasionally listen back to these podcasts to hear what we sound like, uh, to make sure they're good and that they're entertaining and that there's enough snappy banter. Uh, I'm sorry Jamie wasn't here for this episode, but if you're at this point in the podcast, thank you very much for being loyal, 
for listening to the whole thing, even though Jamie's not here. Uh, we all miss her terribly. Uh, please remember to tweet her at the Talking Jamie and let her know you missed her. And hopefully she'll be back for episode 173 uh, the, so we can break down the Michonne episode. Uh, and so I'm going to need your help. Uh, I don't have Jamie here. And so you guys all know what time it is, right? Um, and it's right now you're saying, yep, you, what time is it? So I need you guys to all say it with me on the count of three. One, two, three. It's time to shut this shit down. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.